Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Blizzard Comedy Profiles. I suppose it's not really welcome back to it, it's welcome to another episode or welcome back to Blizzard Comedy Profiles, but um, this is episodic and this is the start of a new episode, so you may never have listened to these before, so uh, welcome if this is your first one and welcome back if it isn't. There we are, much simpler. Didn't need to ramble on about that for 20 seconds, could have just said welcome to it and moved on with the episode. But anyway, hello, yes, um, so this today, we uh, this is actually quite an old interview, uh, we're we, I recorded a bunch of interviews for our um, Blizzard Comedy Archive series at the beginning of lockdown in 2020, um, and uh, patrons were then able to vote on whose they wanted uh, to hear most, and we uploaded them in full. Um, but we have a lot of leftover from that that uh, were... Uh, are equally as brilliant, um, even though they did not win the vote. Um, so I'm slowly working my way through them now and uploading them where I can. So today we are chatting to Kath Marvely. Now, a couple of things to bear in mind. Uh, this was recorded uh, over a year ago, so um, there, there, there's a few references to like, upcoming projects and that kind of thing, which have obviously moved quite a bit further along now. Um, and yeah, so just just, just uh, beware when you listen to this that uh, some of the things we're talking about in the present tense are actually uh, have, have dated quite quickly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Kath is absolutely wonderful. She uh, has been on our live stream panel show uh, multiple times, uh, including our very first one, actually. Um, and she is also uh, a much loved performer at our live shows. So we're uh, very keen, uh, very excited to be having her back uh, as soon as our live shows return. Um, and very excited to be sharing this interview with you now. So without further ado, here is Kath Marvely. When did you first discover stand-up? Like, not necessarily as a performer, but just as a thing that you enjoyed. Oh, okay. Um, oh, gosh. Long time ago. <laughs> so I've been watching comedy. Well, actually, it probably goes back to my dad. Yeah. Um, my dad used to watch... So every week, where we had to be quiet during the news, and there was a show after it in the news, like in a current affair program at the end of it, that had this like satire with these two characters and they'd play different politicians and things and we had to be super quiet and you know we had to all be very silent because it was very important that my dad listened to these five minutes yeah and they were well above my head as a child <laughs> i mean when i was a kid uh, like we had this horrible show in australia um like it was it was family entertainment but like looking back you're like oh people did blackface it was just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, um, it was called Hey Hey, It's Saturday. And it had like a talking puppet and like audience members. And, you know, when you're a kid, you think that stuff is funny. Yeah. But your parent, my parents, um, that my sister and I, we, we were, she's just passed away, but we were um, very different in a lot of ways. But our sense of humour is the same. And I think it's my, my aunts, my family, uh, particularly on my mum's side, and one of my uncles, uh, they're entertainers. So you go to a family gathering and everyone's talking over each other and trying to tell a story the most hilarious and everyone thinks they have the funniest story <laughs> too. My, my big extended family, my mum really relates to my big fat Greek wedding, the movie, because right. my parents are both the eldest of six. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so I've got Great this family. one side of the family that's all dramatic and... And so, you know, laughter was always important in the in the family. But um, watching comedy, I mean, a lot of the comedy that I've watched, when I came over here, people throw around names. I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah. But I know, I know, like 25 years of Australian comedy. <laughs> um, I know all these acts that I've been following for years that I love. And when I go back to Australia um, to visit, one of the things I do is just chomp down on Australian comedy that I've missed while I've been away going, because it's just different. It's just yeah. a slightly different. 
flat and, you know, the way we deliver punchlines are different and it's just, I, I miss seeing, I also just miss when I started comedy, the people I started are all in Brisbane mm. and I miss not knowing what their latest bits and stuff are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just, you used to know them inside out. You'd see them like so frequently, you know, and you're like, I'd love to see, you know, more about what they're doing creatively and some of them, of course, um, I set up a festival, like an indie festival yeah. in my city um, and it's still going with volunteers taking over each year. This year, of course, it's in August. It's going to have to be postponed. Yeah, of course. Probably. Um, but um, <laughs> it was very silly. I started a festival because we had really limited stage time back in Brisbane. Yeah. Most of the gigs were a local comedy club uh, who just let us do like five minutes, which is fair enough. Yeah. But... When, when people are beginning, that's fair enough, but I wanted yeah. to do 10 minutes and set up a show with my friends to do that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, for some reason, I set up a festival. It's the first time the Fringe Festival okay. in our city wasn't on. Yeah. And so I set up, um, with, with help from others, Briz Funny First, and it's been running with dedicated people since I left. So I was... I'm still involved loosely, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so just, I love comedy, uh, I love being around it, and it's always taken me away from my own, you know, life troubles. So. Yeah. yeah, I probably talk too much there. But no, no, yeah, no, no, I no, tend no. to do that. No, 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 no that's exactly what what what, um, what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you, you you kind of touched briefly on on this, but like, what what would you say like the differences are between sort of doing comedy uh, back home in in in, in uh, Brisbane or, or, or um, com, com, compared to over here? Yeah, that's a good one because it's funny because I think Brisbane is. In the north half of Australia, just like Manchester's in the north. Yeah. And I think London comics, for instance, find Manchester more difficult. Yeah. And it's the same in Australia where where I'm from. A lot of Brisbane comics, like disproportionately, make it because I think <laughs> the breeding ground is so much tougher. Yeah. Initially. Yeah. And and so you'd see acts sometimes come up from Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah. And that just and like these are professional acts to MC a gig or, or whatever and they do really badly. Mm. So <clears throat> the differences between, so I like that bit, that that's a bit similar, yeah. but the difference is how you deliver a punchline. Over, over here people are like, oh that's clever and they clap. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the, and, and like people love a pun. And like people don't mind a pun no. in Australia, but you better not have a whole set of puns. No. And my jaw just dropped when I saw um, my first. Um, there's not much prop comedy or, or that much alternative comedy in the city I'm from. There is more yeah. in Melbourne. There are acts that make it. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm. And obviously, I went along to see uh, Randy the Puppets. Oh, of um, course, yeah. And that there because. Obviously, I love that. It's yeah. not that you can't make it as an alternative com comedian, but it is harder. And it's, mm. uh, my jaw just dropped when I saw prop comedy over here. I was just All like, right. what? What? This isn't allowed. <laughs> this is not allowed. So, <laughs> and, um, so I think there's different similarities and, and people mm. over here just want slightly different things. And how you deliver it. Like, people go off a bit on stage sometimes in Australia. Yeah. Like, when people go off, like, emphasise things and everything, we as Australians find that in itself funny. Yeah. Even if they're not being clever in their delivery, that in itself we find intrinsically funny. So it's sort of more emphasis on the kind of character and persona, would you say, than...? 
than like necessarily, yeah. Yes, yeah. I think yeah, more the character persona, and I mean, I similar over here. I think mm. that one thing where they don't like you to be too uppity. No, no, they don't. No, no, no and, that's and that's true, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you be thinking you're better than us when you're on stage. I mean, that's a whole whole Australian thing. Um, yeah. The idea that we're egalitarian as a society yeah, yeah. and classless, not in, not strictly true, but I think more true than over in the UK. Yeah, Just I, a I little bit more true. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair comment, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, and I think comedy over here, um, there weren't that many... Audiences in Brisbane, people move to Brisbane often mm. after they've travelled the world and they want somewhere safe and pleasant and warm to raise their kids. Yeah. So getting a performance audience is more difficult. Um, mm. And over here I feel like, I mean, I hope COVID doesn't change it, but I feel like it, there's just so many more opportunities for travelling comedians to actually make work. Yeah, that's perform. true, yeah. So, and it's a high population, but it's not just that. Mm. I think there is, yeah. There's more. Uh, there's more acceptance of many different styles of comedy. Um, there's uh, an interest in having a diverse range of comedy, and there are a lot of venues, a lot more venues. So um, I wanted to, because um, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point you make about about the, um, the sort of diff, like. It's really interesting to me that, that there's a similar north south. Well, not maybe not divide, but like a, a difference between the north and south uh, sort of uh, comedy scene. Because uh, yeah, I think like. Going back on a comment you made about, uh, about London, is 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 a really, I feel like it's a really good place to start doing comedy because there's just there's there are so many opportunities, um, mm. and there's so many open mic nights. It's very easy to get a spot. It's very well publicised, um, but then it's sort of actually sort of getting a career off the back of that. I feel like is virtually impossible unless you're travelling around, um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of because I, I I started off in London and I definitely found that when I'm first moved to Manchester, I, I did find it a little bit harder at first and it did take me a few years to really kind of crack uh, that. Like, I don't, I don't think much changed in my act necessarily, but I think I got a bit complacent mm. with audiences in London because audiences in London, like there's a lot of bringer gigs, so you get a lot of comedians bringing other comedians to it and like everyone's at the same level and they kind of want everyone to do well and, that, and, that, and that's... You, that that, that 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 can be either either a good or a bad thing. I think like like often mm. often it's a lot more supportive, but uh, you do get like sometimes it's a lot quieter that way. Um, but yeah, in Man in Manchester, I found I've, I found it very different. Like audiences are very nice up here, but yeah, there's this I don't know. There's sort of less of that kind of like just wanting you to do like. Okay, I, I feel like in London open mic nights, a lot of comedians laugh at other comedians because they want to be laughed at when they're on stage. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh gosh. So, um... Um, yeah, well, there's always, unfortunately, because I'm, yeah, there's always a little bit of that give take of people going to an act night and, yeah. and trying to impress the other acts, not just the audience. And um, there's one comedian, I can't remember who, but said you should never play to the back of the room, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You should, and, and you know, if you want a career, you need the audiences to laugh. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, which I think is a very common thing in London, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think I think you go to London eventually, it's the same in Brisbane. If yeah. you, once you reach a certain level, you want a professional comedian. Yeah. There's a few who stick around Brisbane, but yeah. they still have to travel a lot down to Sydney and Melbourne yeah. to um, make that a full-time gig. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so there's similarities and differences, but, yeah, I've... Yeah. yeah, landed pretty happily over here. <laughs> Fantastic. What, so, 
yeah, you, um, what what was it that 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 sort of drove you to to to, to move over here? Was, was that comedy related, or was that another completely different thing? Um, I got a bit um, I was a bit stuck in life. So the my other my other career that I'm not really going to talk about, but my other career is like a professional career. And there was one job I didn't go for. I loved that workplace, but it was someone I'd known for 10 years' job, and they'd come up and they'd advertised it, and I felt like it wasn't right to apply for it. And I think they're disappointed that I hadn't because I probably would have gotten it. Yeah. And there was another yeah. job I wanted, um, and just I just hit like this thing where I was like, things aren't working in my life, and I hit this wall, and I threw out job. At, I honestly, I threw out to Toronto. Okay. Um, Chester and Adelaide, and I mean, all of them would have given me something different in terms of comedy. Yeah. Um, Toronto, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's an art centre, but it's also minus twenty degrees. <laughs> so yeah, that would have been horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Adelaide's a hole, but it has a lovely fringe festival every yeah. year. <laughs> and I say it's a hole in the nicest possible way because. Anyone from Adelaide listening knows it's a really pretty place. Yeah, yeah. But people come to where I'm from, which is considered fairly quiet, um, because it's three times the population size of Adelaide, and they come, they move to Brisbane for the excitement. Uh, <laughs> so it's not the most exciting place, but it'd be a place to live. But it, it, Chester it, yeah. okay, is sorry. where I ended up yeah. securing work. Um, ended up in the northwest. I mean, I really love Liverpool, but I've ended up a lot more time in Manchester because I, I, yeah, I met. Um, my current boyfriend. Um, so yeah, yeah. and there's more things in Manchester as well. So I'm moving yeah. to Manchester yeah. soon. Oh, fantastic stuff! Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I've like um, I, I I do really want to gig in Liverpool because um, the, the, yeah, I I do know of a couple of of uh, oh, well, I've had a couple of really good nights there. Yeah, but I think I think Manchester's a nice sort of kind of central location where there's there's I mean there's a fair few gigs in Manchester already, and then it's kind of easier to get like you can f from Manchester you can quite easily get to Liverpool, but you can equally quite easily get to Leeds or Sheffield as well, which also have some pretty good comedy scenes. Whereas Liverpool, you're a bit further away from all that. So I think Manchester's sort yeah. of nice central ground to to um. Uh, for that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just Leeds and Sheffield when I've done gigs there or, or further afield again. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit difficult, particularly if you're not playing a weekend and it's mm. just a work your stuff gig. Well, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a long way to go each way. So, yeah, I think it it'll is, be yeah. in the central for a lot more gigs. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, do you drive or, or do you take public transport to gigs? Um, I normally drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I drive a lot, which is not good for the environment, but I have the tiniest car in the world, so oh well. <laughs> Do my best. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, it is. It is also more convenient for like. I mean, like sort of like in in in, in, in the big cities, then yeah, the the, the public transport's fine. But if you if you're going to any kind of smaller towns or villages, then yeah, the public transport isn't really ideal and they, all, and they also tend to stop really early as well so you have the you always have the risk of, of being stranded overnight which like you say if it's a weekday and you've got to work the next day is is less than ideal oh. so oh, i did the i did the stand in um newcastle yeah and like you have to like take half a day off just each way because <laughs> you've got to get there yeah that's our and then i ended up crashing in the easy hotel next door um, and for coming back, I saw some people like just rushed out the door. But I thought for networking and stuff, you've got to stick around. But mm. um, yeah, like I was like, God, why is it not so ch like it should be quicker? Like they really need, you know, They're the really HS2. I'm not sure about that, but they definitely need something across the middle of the north. Yeah, 
it should be so much quicker to travel between like east east to west, west to east. Yeah, like, it yeah, it is really weird that because like there's a lot of like if you're going sort of to or or, or through London, you're, you're you're generally fine. But if you're going, but yeah, if you if you're going from like northeast to northwest, like most routes will go like via London and just add add, add like an extra hour or two on it, just because yeah, all all, mm. all all the public transport routes seem to sort of gravitate around the big city. So like yeah, if you're going to an, any anywhere a bit smaller or anywhere kind of yeah, sort of like north or in like uh, or even in kind of like sort of like Wales and Southwest kind of area, like you end up having to make a massive detour through the big cities just because that's the way that the, yes. the, the public transport... But it is silly. Like, it can take eight hours to get parts of Wales. Mm. Oh, you have yeah. to go to London first. And you're like, why do you need to go to London first? It's just there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so close, yeah. It's, but, um, yeah, because there's just not much much demand for those journeys, which is... <laughs> Upsetting. Um, yeah, so I want to go back a bit to the. So uh, obviously, yeah, you started stand up in Australia, and then you came over to 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 the UK. Um, did you notice any sort of change in your style and approach to comedy from that? Because like, you've already sort of outlined the sort of differences of the circuits. But yeah, I just want to oh. I just want to know if that kind of impacted the, the way you you approach stand up, kind of um, more uh, 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 holistically. I suppose the word is yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, because you, because the audiences laugh at different things. Mm. Um, but also because gigs over here, I've had more stage time. Right. I've developed my voice a lot more generally. Yeah. But um, so I think I'm getting closer and closer to who I need to be on stage. I think I'm still developing, like I'm still clearly developing as an act. I mean, I think, I mean, and until you've done it for 20 years, you're, you're really, you're in development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think even then, I think, yeah, even then you probably always are, like to well, a lesser degree, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you obviously have a steeper learning curve at the start. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess my jokes, um, looking back, um, my writing's improving all the time. Mm. Um, I'm looking back at really old bits. I have, like, a one-note library of bits going back yeah. for a long time, all my ideas, and I'm polishing them off at present and, and writing a book with them. And, um, you know, some of them are good ideas, but I can look back now and I can see why they they didn't work as well as I hoped or yeah. how that right sentence needs to be rewritten. Yeah. So I guess extra stage time helps develop your your stage presence, your writing, everything. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, just trying to adapt to what UK people think and, and just changing lines and your jokes. Uh, it's, it's just different. Uh, it's just different, so... Um, yeah, it's hard to explain, but it took yeah. me about six months to try to start to understand what Brits think is funny. Yeah, yeah, it's an, it's, it's an interesting point. Now, I never, no, I'd not really, um, yeah, I'd not really thought about before how how having have, have, having longer stage time is kind of necessary for you for, for you to actually uh, develop a voice. And I don't know if that. I wonder. The, the, it'd be quite an interesting kind of sort of. Uh, social study for, for for places like like London, where say where most of the open spots are, are, are five minutes, and and say something like Manchester, where like most even most open spots you tend to get ten minutes for. Sort of how like how how that affects the styles people use because you're a lot more limited with five. So I don't I don't know if that I don't know if you're more likely to kind of if if you're restricted by that you might that that might force you to be like maybe uh, a snappier joke writer. Um, but maybe with sort of yes. less authenticity or less of a voice because you don't really have time for any sort of narrative. I mean, ten minutes is pushing it, but like you definitely have time to have like have like a full circle um, sort of not and necessarily story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
I still feel the hang up from doing all those fives for so long. Mm. I still think maybe I talk a little bit too fast on stage. Yeah, I definitely have that. Yeah, just just the fights. You're so used to cramming it all in, and yeah. and yet when I come over here, I was like, oh, ten minutes. It was a big adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that used to, uh, you know. I mean, also we don't have gong shows either, so right, yeah. um, um, I find For that freeing that we <laughs> <laughs> we don't have gong shows. Um, I think there's positives and negatives to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's. It, it's an interesting. It gives people an experience, of course, on a big stage. Yeah. But sometimes audiences aren't fair, but sometimes it helps people write jokes. Yeah, yeah. But I think to get people's confidence up and let them get out a sentence and and help people develop. Yeah. You no, know, some of people just expect new acts to be bang like that immediately. Yeah, they and do. And some of them are. Yeah. But oh, yeah. the ones that are have often been writing and practising mm. for a long time before getting on stage. They've essentially on, on their third year when they start. Yeah, even though it's their first gig or, or like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've actually, like, someone I know back um. In Brisbane, spent six months working on their set and practicing in like the local botanic gardens. Oh wow! Before they went on stage, and everyone was like, "Wow, he's amazing!" But he'd essentially done like a year of Brisbane stage time in the botanic gardens. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, I was walking in the gardens one of my visits back home, and I bumped into him. And he's still practicing in the botanic it's, gardens. Oh bless! That's that's, that's really cute. <laughs> so how how well. When it came to your first gig, how how long do you say you 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 kind of wrote and, and prepared for that before you did that? Oh, okay, that's that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> I'm an I'm an improviser. Uh, right. I did improv first. Yeah. So I did that for a little while, and then I was like, actually, what I've secretly always wanted to do. Um, I always had like a secret life goal of before age forty five. So I've still got plenty of time before age forty five. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to try stand-up. And after a few years of doing improv and getting some stage, like, confidence and things, um, I, I thought, actually, what I want to do is actually try stand-up. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I literally, um, I had the busiest year at work. I'd been doing improv. And then friends of mine from improv set up a stand-up comedy gig. And I'd had the New Year's resolution to do a stand-up comedy gig. They set up a gig five minutes from my house. Sign up on the night, so you could just turn up if you had the time. Yeah. And um, and I I had a stream of writing like brain fart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the day before. Yeah. Read it on the phone to my mum, and then I went and performed it. Now, looking back at that gig, I, I've watched it recently, and um, it's funny. I I think as I learned how to write. Yeah. I got less expressive on stage, but I was super expressive. And I got more laughs than I thought I did. Yeah. (laughs) I did not smash it by any means. And remember, (laughs) I had some friends from improv in the audience. But, um, you know, I was quite, I had quite a natural stage presence. And I I wonder if I have less of a natural stage presence. Now I've had to do all these gigs formally. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you do have a very sort of, uh, clear stage presence and and yeah I I mean I mean obviously I've 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 not seen you really any stuff but you certainly do have a kind of very natural kind of way of uh, uh, engaging the audience and and like you feel very present in the room I don't know if that makes sense but like um, 
a problem. It's like certainly when I look at my really old gigs, there's just there's there's just no stage presence at all. I'm just kind of there, and that's something which I consciously kind of work towards. And then, um, like, did a few mm. gigs where I was just like, right, I'm just gonna I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be active. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be physical. I'm gonna be in the room, even if it doesn't work, just to kind of get get over that hurdle. And then and then that just that made like it not only made the response better, but it was just it was just a lot more fun as well. Like um, I don't really enjoy mm. just kind of. Uh, standing and telling jokes, um, which I don't know. Maybe if I was a, a, a better kind of one-liner joke writer, I might do. But um, I certainly uh, enjoy adding adding more physicality and energy to it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, well, thank you for the compliment. I always yeah. want to add more, though. I yeah. always want to add more. And I was watching. Um, who was I watching? Oh, Alan Carr's stand up the other. Yeah, um, he's very right? expressive. Yeah. Oh, so expressive and. Um, and it just, I'm just watching acts I really like. Um, oh, and there's this other American chap I watched um, with difficulty via YouTube mm. um, with my boyfriend in different houses. <laughs> 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 but he, he was actually, um, he'd been in prison. He was a black guy in America. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but his physicality was amazing. Um, I have to remember his name. Yeah. Uh, come to me sometime. I'll let you know after. But and, and so I'm just trying to be more purposeful as well with my physicality. Yeah. But he yeah. emphasised absolutely everything. Mm. And I think that's more the sort of performer I am. But yeah. I think some of my natural silliness, <laughs> I don't think it's fully unleashed on stage yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my boyfriend's like, Psycho Kath doesn't appear on stage enough. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yes, but Psycho Kath, no, no, she doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, so I guess you know, it's a matter of getting your natural self. And someone I know who's yeah. become like quite famous in Australia recently, I asked her for advice when she turned up on the scene a few years ago. And she said, I found things change for comedy for me when I put myself um, first and the joke second. Mm. And I didn't yes. know what she meant. But then you th it's about you're, you're on stage, be yourself. Yeah. And the jokes are just extra. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And that, that's obviously something that develops as you become more confident in yourself on stage. Yeah. I don't think you could do that initially. No. Um, considering the amount of performers who use it to help with anxiety and things as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, so definitely, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, I don't think they initially get on stage and be like, oh, yeah, I'm completely fine with being on stage, yeah. whereas now, I mean, you and I would pick up a mic and be like, like, I, I actually miss holding a microphone. Do you miss holding a microphone? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> like, I it's like, it's like, 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 like to the point that I even kind of struggle to write without like that gesture of, 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 of mm. pretending to hold a mic so just to get me in the zone, which is <laughs> really weird. Really yeah, idea. like even if I'm in complete silence, I'm just doing it in my head. I just like I find my hands naturally kind of doing that. Everyone's <laughs> missing performing, and. Like, I'm actually I'm quite happy because I'm ticking away with my comedy book and yeah. I, I went to, like, a writing group, the other virtual one the other yeah. day, and I'm still doing improv and yeah, yeah. and I've written a funny song, which is keeping me amused. But my <laughs> microphone in my room, my eyes lit on it the other day, and I was like, I just feel like picking it up and putting it in my head. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't think I can tell anyone this. This is weird. This is weird. But you spend so much of your time on stage holding a microphone. Yeah. And then... And you're probably right. It probably would assist my creativity with my writing. Yeah. Like it's just like a, a, a it's weird psychological thing. Like it's an association. Like I think after you've done it for a while. Yeah, because 
because of the people laughing and stuff, I think it would remind me of people laughing at my jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would think, I would think that I was funny just by holding a microphone. <laughs> Yeah, I weirdly get the same. Even though, like, often, oftentimes in, in smaller gigs, I I will like not bother using microphones because I, I just it, um, enjoy projecting more, and and I find a microphone often often gets in the way. Like, like particularly with like a really short cable, so like a lot of the time I just I yeah. just don't bother. But 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 when I'm like writing and, and rehearsing at home, I always have a microphone or like or, or, or something to, to to replicate a microphone. Um, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, I never really thought about that before. Yeah, no, I've got, I mean, I did buy a cordless mic ages ago, mm. and I haven't really used it, but that is actually, ideally I'd want to, um, not cordless, like more more like Michael McIntyre, what he wears, like. Like, like a kind of head, headset kind of. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. clip it on your shirt, like, like I was a TV presenter. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. And you can be free on the stage and yeah. use your hands as much as you want, yeah. and, and I think but so many of the gigs are set up with a corded bike, you do get used to it. But I'd actually prefer to be a lot more freer with my hands and it would be a lot more physical. Mm. Um, and, yeah, you can't really always do that with a corded mic. And people, you know, they'll stick it back in the stand so they can do a joke where they use their hands and yeah. then pull it out again. Yeah. And when I've done that, it's still... Because it, then you're still sort of glued to the spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are. So it's... So it's freeing, but it's also oppressive. It is, yeah. It's I like society's you're... rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And also it's that thing of, like, to a certain extent, it is it is a comfort thing as well. Like, I think particularly in early, like, like I mean, like, the fact that it's amplifying you, one thing, but also it's just it's something between you and the audience, which I think is, yes, is slightly yeah. better for nerves but I think definitely stifles uh, a bit of that connection I don't know I certainly feel that and it's the same way in like in like sort of like big arena gigs like um, they're, 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 they're fantastic but you definitely don't have the same level of of, of kind of connection between the act and the audience than, um, than you would in even yeah. e even like a sort of medium sized theatre or like especially in like a small like 50 seater club kind of yeah it's yeah. not the same when it's larger but yeah, you're not having that. Have you seen? Have you seen acts? Like, have you been at a gig where the mic's not working and acts are oh, still like, I need to hold the microphone. Yeah, so many times. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, really jarring. Yeah, like one because you know the the trick when people start and they're really anxious and they've got shaking hands. Yeah, and they lean on the microphone stand. Yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. gets into a bad habit where they just destroy microphone stand after microphone stand a promoter, but. You know, That's and they why they still never like, work. Yeah. Right on the microphone stand. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? That's why mic stands never work in like eighty percent of cases. Yes, <laughs> I know. You're just like, what the hell happened to these? Yeah. And you're like, thirty percent of the acts are just destroying microphones. Yeah. Everywhere they go. Like just but unscrewing and just, Yeah. Yeah, they've got no no audio, like no amp, and they're yeah. just like, oh, I just need to lean on this stand. <laughs> I, <laughs> Do you know how weird this is for the audience? Yeah. That you need to hold a microphone even though... Because I can perform without a microphone, but I am just used to having positive experiences while I'm holding a microphone. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to try for writing now. Thanks for the thanks for the inspiration, Johnny. <laughs> you're, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, going back to... Um, yeah, uh, you mentioned you're working on, on a uh, book at the minute. Do you want to tell us a bit about, about what's happening with that? Like, what, 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 what kind of book is it? What's going on with that? Um, it's largely 
musing, dry, sarcastic. Um, it's my life. It's <laughs> things that have happened, but yeah. things that like annoy me yeah. as well. Okay, and, yeah. Um, so at present, I've uh, I've written written about five bits. So it's going to be like you know how sometimes people who write a newspaper column, yeah, who are comedian, pull it all together into a little book. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So and so, it's quite easy to read. So I've I read heaps of those when I was younger. Um, sometimes there were newspaper columns that were in different states in Australia, so I hadn't read all the columns. Um, so a lot of my most favourite comedians, I actually read their comedy books. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. Seinfeld, um, his little comedy book of his bits, uh, which was actually really thin. Now I think about it, yeah. <laughs> I got that in my teens. And which probably gives away my age. Um, <laughs> I got that in my teens, and it was um, it was it was probably the first time I started thinking, oh, you write down your ideas. At the start, he was like, I had no idea it would end up being a com like a comedy career and all this. And that's probably when I first thought, oh, maybe I want to be a stand-up. Mm. Those comedy books, I love them. So I'm writing one um, with lots of different stuff. Like um, I wrote I wrote some stuff yesterday. So these are like ideas and bits, ideas and some going back years, yeah. some quite recent, like like I can't stand you washing up buckets. <laughs> I can't yeah. stand them. We don't have them in Australia. Yeah, they're we so weird, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I mean, if only there was a rectangular apparatus in your kitchen <laughs> that you could use <laughs> to wash up your dishes already there. <laughs> Just like losing my mind, and like you ask people, you're like, so why do washing up buckets exist? No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. There's acres and acres of plastic just there, being used. I went to I went to this garden show, and yeah. um, and they were giving out free water bottles. Yeah. And um, but you had to sign a pledge that you're gonna pour your wa washing up bucket onto your garden. Yeah. Because, you know, a nice climate change idea. And my boyfriend really wanted a water bottle, and he signed. Yeah. But I just looked at them. I'm like, he lives in Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> like, he does not need to pour extra water on that garden. Like, that's just going to lead to <laughs> topsoil loss, devastation for the garden, drowning. Um, but I, I signed it too. But my current house, it's just beautiful. It's one of the few places I've lived in the UK where who I'm lodging with doesn't own a washing up bucket. Oh, fantastic. So I don't currently have means to tip my washing up water onto my garden. Yeah. But, yeah, there's just stuff like that bothers me or is funny that I think is funny. I'm just working on it and enjoying it. And, yeah, in a few years, maybe, no, actually, it might be written at this rate. I mean, how long are we going to have these restrictions on leaving the house? Currently, no one knows anywhere between three months to a year and a half, I think, is the current estimate. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No and idea. I got the letter on, like, day one. Yeah. So they were like... Yep, stay in the house for 12 weeks. And I was like, well, you guys had hope. <laughs> and like every few weeks, they just smack that down. Yep. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> they're like, oh, you thought you were going to go out? No, no, stay at home. Stay at home. Stay at home. So I think by the end of like six months of restrictions, I'll probably have a book. Yeah. Um, ready for editing at least. Fantastic. Um, I have written a book before because I have a PhD. Oh, fantastic. So I have, yeah. yeah, so I have written a large book before. Yeah. Um, not a funny one. Only three people read it. <laughs> if this one's good, <laughs> I'm hoping at least my extended family will all read it. Yeah. So that's about 40 people. Solid. So, yeah, that's um, a good start. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's bigger than the audience capacity at my gig, so that's a good number of people. I know, I know. I miss, I miss uh, home sometimes because, you know, at home I could get people along to gigs without a problem, whereas here I'm like, <laughs> the main people I know are, are other comedians, yeah. so if I promote a gig... They've already seen my stuff. They don't want to come to my gig, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think it'd be nice to publish it. It might be more marketable in Australia. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and that'd be cool. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. So it should be fun. So everyone else is working on videos and stuff mm. during Corona. Yeah, um, yeah. I wrote this song and I'm having a crack at the video editing. Yeah, um, but I'm improving it. Like I love comment. I love singing on stage. Yeah. I don't think the audience loves it, but I love it. <laughs> So, yeah. Doesn't matter all they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm working on that too, but a lot of people are doing videos and, and podcasts and stuff, and, and that's cool, but I, I don't think that's – my job's quite demanding, my main job. So yeah, um, yeah valid. Trying to keep that consistently over time, I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. But writing a book, I can do that when I can do it and yeah. tick it off and – one day can start performing again. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. You have to uh, edit so much with books, it's exhausting. Mm, yeah, so. I bet. Right. Um, That's the hard bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, well, see, I, I, I weirdly find, I mean, it's infuriating, but I, I definitely find editing easier than I do writing. And obviously, I've never sort of written like a like a long book, but um, in terms of um, in terms of like when I used to write scripts and when I uh, yeah. yeah and 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 even just writing stand up, like I can edit it and make it better easily. I'm I'm, I'm fine with doing that, but sort of get getting something from nothing is the bit I struggle with. Ah, see, that's the bit when I have an idea. Yeah, I can just like. Oh, I envy that. Yeah. But then it's like, but do I need that? Yeah. Uh, can I make that stronger? Is there a better word for that? Like, yeah. oh, that's the, that's the painful bit. Yeah. So, yeah, there's the people who produce too little, like they have, like they come up with an idea, but it's like a sentence. Yeah. And the people who produce too much, like yeah. they have to super filter it. And I'm one of the, you have to then super filter it. Yeah. So, I'm weirdly kind of both with that. Like I, 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 I can go months without having a new idea and writing anything new, and then when I do, I will, yeah, I will always overwrite. Like this is this is my problem. This has been my problem from from trying to do five minute sets as well. I will always cram mm-hmm. far too much into that, and then yeah, have to edit it down. Uh, and then like, once I've yeah. done it a few times, I can um, yeah, it's sort of fine to edit it down. But yeah, certainly, certainly when I have an idea, I will write like maybe like two and a half, three pages, and then I'll edit it down and it'll be like less than a page of actual jokes plus narrative building, so... Yeah, that's what's so depressing, isn't it? Yeah. And like, that's at the end of that, it is really polished, but yeah, it is, it is the fact <laughs> of like, like the amount of content you write versus the amount that's actually ever going to see the light of day or like the, the, all that's going to remain in your set is, yeah, there's, there's, there's a very low percentage there, so you'd have to work a lot harder than than it necessarily shows uh, content-wise. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing I don't think people understand is, and that's, I mean, a book, when you read it, that's a bit more forgiving because people yeah. read it, they, they're, they're happy to be mildly amused, but if you're performing it, yeah. it has to be bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. Okay, where's the next punchline? It has to be really regular and as tightly edited as, as you can get it. Yeah. As writing a book... Or writing a newspaper column, you know, as long as there's a joke every two, three sentences. You're fine, yeah. Every two to three, you know, people are happy. Yeah, yeah. People are more patient. 
Um, whereas on stage, people are like, fire it, fire it, fire it. We want, we're want, we here to laugh. Make us laugh. <laughs> yeah, um, that's interesting. I, I wonder if it's because, I don't know, because like with reading, you're, you're actively doing work to kind of like read that and process it. So, but I don't know, maybe that kind of keeps you sort of occupied in between jokes whereas it whereas like listening watching listening to comedy i don't know you 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 you're kind of relaxing whilst that's happening so you just want it to be like i don't know i don't know it's an interesting yeah. way to form out i don't know like people like look if there's a big pause or something yeah people all of a sudden look around and realize that they're at a comedy gig yes yeah exactly it kind of breaks the, the like, entire immersion i guess yeah <laughs> Then they have time to think, and as soon as they're thinking, yeah, <laughs> um, your laugh break goes down. As soon as someone's actively thinking, yeah, they're not suspending their disbelief like when they read a novel. They're not, they're, yeah, they're exactly. thinking about it and going, mm, is that funny?" Yeah. Mm. So you've you've got to have the pauses, but you've got to not have the pauses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, we've got a decent amount here now, so I'm just going to finish up with one more question. Uh, what right. what advice has stuck with you the most throughout your performance career? It doesn't necessarily have to be comedy advice either, but sort of advice that you apply to, to your performance. Oh, what advice? Mm. I mean, I think I've already I've gone over that one about putting yourself first and the joke second. Yeah. Yeah. That's <coughs> a... And that's really important. That's a really good one, yeah. I think someone, um, I think it was Steve Rimmer at, at Tripfest. Yeah. He was saying that he'll write a joke to where he thinks it's written as best as it can. Yeah. A new one. He'll put it away for six months and then look at it again. Yeah. And that's actually really good advice because when is. you write something, yeah, because when you write something, you think this is so funny. Mm. But it's not at its best till you've had time to reflect and come back and break it down and yeah. work out where the funny is in it. Yes. One of my, my friends back home, Ashwin, I think he, he, I think I was watching him, I don't know if he gave me this advice, but he'd always put a new bit, if he was trying it, three quarters of the way through a set. Yeah. And that's good because new jokes, they need, they're, they're babies, they need time to breathe. Yeah, they do. You put them in a safe spot yeah. where the audience already likes you. Yeah. Try them out, see how it goes. You know, then finish on a strong closer. Well, you mm. know, that's the place for a new joke. Yeah. So you see, because I used to. <laughs> I mean, I, but and the other thing I, I would say to new performers is, don't write like, don't write new and try new every week. Yeah. Like, write it, but don't perform it every week. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, you actually need... Jokes need time to develop. Yes. Um, they need time to um, breathe. Yeah. And you need time to develop your practice and your timing. And I think um, I I definitely did that. And I think, you know, it's great because I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, all these ideas that I can, I can hone from... There's nothing wrong with writing it down. Keep everything, all your initial ideas, but because you know there's probably something in them, but mm. not all of them will work on stage. That doesn't mean they're not a good idea. Yeah, you just might need time to come back and think how else they can go on stage. But some some jokes are inherently never going to work, and you should just trash them. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's really interesting. Well, like, I've 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 definitely had ideas like sit in my brain for for several years before I've ever found a use for them. 
Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> and then, like, I know that, yeah, so like, by the time I write it, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I, I knew I was hanging on to that for something. Um, but yeah, equally, yeah. equally, there's so many ideas that, that, that I'm still hanging on to that I'm, I'm never going to use, but I just can't forget them. And it's just, uh, I need to clear space for, 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 for actual funny material, please. I don't need to, don't need to hang on to this, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this Actually, loose that concept means- that was funny when I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, sometimes you find notes and you're like, what did I mean oh, by those words? Oh, I hate words? that, yeah. <laughs> and like, I'll, 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 I'll remember writing the notes and in my head thinking, this is the best way I've ever come up with. I, 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 I need to save this now. And then, and then like, I'll write it in full when I next get a chance to and then go back to it being like, ah, oh, I remember I, I, I remember knowing it was funny, but I don't have a yeah. clue what it was. Yeah, yeah. I always make voice notes of my ideas initially, if I can. That's a good idea, yeah. Um, because I can usually tell by the tone, even if I haven't expressed it clearly, which part I thought was funny yes. and why. Yeah. Uh, and then I can come back to them. And now I develop them over a few weeks. But when I started, I was like, oh, my God, I have an idea. I have to record instantly because I will forget it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that was Caff Marvely. Uh, if you've enjoyed uh, today's episode, or uh, indeed any of the content we've been putting out, um, you might want to join our Discord server, which is um, a place where a lot of a lot of the um, the, the the team, uh, the acts we put on, as well as our uh, patrons and regular audience members, like to hang out. A little kind of community server there. So do feel free to join that if you'd like to hang out with more of us. Um, you can also subscribe to our Twitch, uh, which is twitch.tv forward slash Blizzard Comedy, all one word. Um, um, if you do that, we are we are live streaming uh, some more of these interviews. Um, we're actually we're actually doing these are, are live on Twitch now. So if you'd like to uh, if you'd like to uh, for subscribe to our Twitch to hear some of them in future, uh, that is where you can find them. Uh, we try to do them uh, fortnightly, uh, but that doesn't always happen. Um, so just yeah, if you subscribe to us, Twitch will tell you whenever we're going live. Um, we've also got a merch store. You can uh, check out our merch at uh, BlizzardComedy.BigCartel.com. Uh, we've got a few things on there that uh, you might want to purchase. Uh, also, you can, if you uh, want to support what we're doing, uh, we are an entirely crowdfunded uh, operation, so you can do that via uh, PayPal, uh, paypal.me forward slash blizzardcomedy, or via our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash blizzardcomedy, which uh, will also net you discounts at our merch store. Uh, if you can't afford to support us, that's absolutely fine. Uh, other ways you can help us are you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at blizzardcomedy. Uh, I've also got our website, uh, www.blizzardcomedy.co.uk. Um, and yeah, you can just uh, shout about how great we are on all of those platforms. That would uh, that that would be uh, honestly possibly more helpful than giving us money because you know money's money's only 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 uh, as 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 important as it is while society still functions. And we've got about like I don't know two months before before capitalism crumbles under its own weight. So um, so shouting about how awesome we are and how we should be in charge of, of everything is really what you should be doing more than giving us money. Um, but just in case my prediction's wrong, if you can give us money, please do that as well. Uh, anyway, I've rambled on for long enough, so thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>